Hello, and welcome to the latest RegMedNet podcast. This episode is part of our in-focus on cell cryopreservation and cold chain, supported by Brooks Life Sciences. I'm Sharon Salt, Senior Editor of RegMedNet, and I'll be your host for today's episode. So our guest today is Brian Hawkins, who is the Chief Scientific Officer at Pluristics. Thank you for joining us today, Brian. Um, to start off, please could you introduce yourself and tell us more about your role? Certainly. My name is Brian Hawkins, and I am Chief Technology Officer at Pluristics, an advanced therapy tools and services company based in Seattle, Washington. Pluristics provides seamless client support by offering cell therapy CMC consulting, contract development services, and research and clinical grade ready to differentiate pluripotent stem cells and ready to use differentiated cells at commercial scale. A core strength of Pluristics contract development is the ability to provide CMC consulting and wet lab services to develop a scalable cryopreservation fill finish process that could be transferred to either an internal or outsourced manufacturing facility. My role is to head up Pluristics research and development activities and to manage our cryopreservation development suite to assist clients with their fill finish challenges. As part of this role, I engage in cryopreservation outreach and numerous professional organizations, provide cryopreservation education services to both academic and industrial groups, and lead the Parenteral Drug Association's Cryopreservation Standard Initiative to develop an American National Standards Institute standard reference document. Perfect, that's really interesting. So can you tell us more about how protocols surrounding ATMP cryopreservation have changed over recent years? Absolutely. Typical ATMP cryopreservation protocols are largely based on historical precedents, essentially meaning that they closely mirror processes developed by their scientific founders, which sometimes might have been around for decades. This works fine for product development and early stage trials, which are closely aligned with the original research lab or are within close physical proximity. Unfortunately, historical precedents in many cases does not readily adapt to the scale up tech transfer, and late-stage clinical trials that occur during commercialization. When historical protocols break down later, during later stages of development, cryopreservation becomes a critical path that may be hurriedly modified just in time to address critical process parameters. To overcome this just-in-time quick fix, companies are beginning to consider optimizing cryopreservation protocols earlier in the development lifecycle. One of the most common changes that occurs during cryopreservation optimization involves the implementation of a risk-based approach to product freezing, storage, and shipping. A typical example of such an approach is the transition from in-house media formulations toward chemically defined cryopreservation media, which reduces product variability and simplifies the manufacturing workflow. And what are the main challenges associated with ATMP cryopreservation from development through to commercialization? Well, the numerous challenges of ATMP cryopreservation have been outlined individually in various textbooks and published works. Uh, industry has stepped up to really deliver solutions to these challenges, and tools providers are currently consolidating into portfolio offerings to aid ATMP developers in establishing their manufactured workflow. The main challenge with this approach is that an end-to-end solution for large-scale ATMP production does not currently exist. As such, ATMP developers must navigate the varied portfolios to select manufacturing solutions from multiple sources and then struggle to incorporate these individual parts into a whole. Development support to aid ATMP producers is currently lacking and building internal capabilities is often difficult, expensive, and unfortunately time-consuming. Perfect. So in your opinion, how might these challenges then be addressed? 
Um, I lead a PDA team to develop Parent-Child Drug Association standard document designed to consolidate current best practices and provide guidance on how to complete or how to build complete ATMP cryopreservation solutions. We envision this guidance document will become a key resource for ATMP developers who are looking to optimize their cryopreservation workflow. Organizations such as United States Pharmacopeia, the International Society for Cell and Gene Therapy, also known as ISCT, and the International Society for Biological and Environmental Repositories, or ISBER, also provide guidance documents on ATMP cryopreservation. Developers can also reach out to consulting services, especially those with knowledge in ATMP chemistry, manufacturing controls, or CMC, cryopreservation tools providers, and specialized contract development organizations for assistance on how to optimize cryopreservation for their specific cell-based product. Great, and can you tell us more about what lessons have been learned from COVID vaccine distribution that can be translated to the ATMP cryopreservation processes? Absolutely, great question. The speed at which COVID vaccines were developed was unprecedented in modern medicine and led to multiple approved vaccines with diverse mechanisms of action. In some cases, these vaccines require specialized storage and transportation solutions. Vaccines that are based on mRNA technology must be stored and transported at temperatures colder than needed for traditional vaccines, such as a seasonal flu. Unfortunately, the ultra-low temperature requirements for some COVID vaccines have strained the existing healthcare infrastructure and have revealed potential limits to widespread global distribution. ATMPs require storage and transport even colder than that of COVID vaccines and thus pose an even greater challenge to the commercialization and widespread adoption. ATMP cryopreservation is further tested by the need to implement appropriate temperature controls both to and from the manufacturing facility. To foster the adoption of ATMPs in the clinic, providers must expand on what was learned with the COVID vaccine rollout to develop flexible temperature options for ATMPs, along with new technologies to maintain storage and transport at temperatures colder than the surface of Antarctica. And what are the most difficult aspects of establishing a strong cryopreservation protocol? Development of an optimized ATMP cryopreservation protocol is challenging for even seasoned cryobiologists and cell therapy professionals. Each cell type and process requires specialized support during the freezing, storage, and thawing process that must be established and empirically backed for eventual regulatory filing. While there are growing numbers of cryopreservation tools providers, that can offer solutions for self-manufacturing, adapting these off-the-shelf options to their specific workflow is proving to be challenging. Alternatively, building the internal capabilities to address this challenge is time-consuming and costly, and there are relatively few options available to optimize cryopreservation early in the development lifecycle. However, failure to identify a trusted cryopreservation development partner or build out internal expertise early in product development can result in significant delay or a difficulty in scaling a manufacturing process for commercialization. That's perfect. And in your opinion, what ways do you see cryopreservation protocols evolving over the next five to 10 years? Um, increased movement of ATFPs into the clinic ensures that there will be continued consolidation in the cryopreservation space. Consolidation will eventually, inevitably, increase institutional knowledge of the freezing and thawing process, and allow providers to guide clients on how to implement an end-to-end cryopreservation workflow into cell-based manufacturing. New tools will become available to increase options for cryopreservation media, 
fill finish operations, storage temperatures, and transport logistics. Appropriate contract development resources will also form to help groups implement these new tools and develop optimized cryopreservation processes that are amenable to scalable manufacturing. Rollout of these new tools and services will modularize the cryopreservation process into manageable unit operations that can be implemented wholesale or customized by knowledgeable contract development providers to speed commercialization. Perfect. And what more could be done to ensure a simplified clinical delivery of ATMPs to patients? Efficient clinical delivery of ATMPs will require a more robust cold chain than is currently available. However, while the ATMP cold chain is under development, clinical delivery could be simplified by the incorporation of on-site ultra-low temperature storage devices, standardized thawing devices, appropriate pharmacy manuals and practices, and the use of excipient-grade cryopreservation reagents that eliminate the need for further processing at the clinic. If possible, cryopreservation of ATMPs at high density in syringe format would really speed patient administration and increase adoption by healthcare providers. Perfect. And finally, if readers would like more information, how can they contact you? I can be reached primarily by email at brian.hawkins at pluristics.com. That's P-L-U-R-I-S-T-Y-X. And also more information about Pluristics and our cryopreservation development services can be found on our website at www.pluristyx.com. Amazing. So thank you again, Brian, for joining us today. I found this to be a very interesting episode and hope our listeners enjoyed it too. If you did enjoy this podcast and would like to learn more about cell cryopreservation and cold chain, then you can find our in-focus on www.regbednet.com. Thank you for listening to our podcast today, everyone.